0: Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> uh, we would like to uh, bring to your attention our worship schedule for Christmas Eve. Um, so this coming Thursday is Christmas Eve uh, At from 4 to 4.30. We will have our first drive-through communion here at St. Philip in our parking lot. That is for those who prefer to or can only come out during the day. Uh, that's from 4 to 4.30. From 6.30 to 7.30 will be our crossing worship service. From 8 to 8.30 will be our second drive-through communion for those who prefer to or can only come out at night. And then from 9 to 10 o'clock will be our traditional worship service. So four drive-through communion, 6.30 crossing, eight drive-through communion, and nine traditional worship service. We would also like to call your attention to the fact that uh, you have an opportunity to give to a staff Uh, Christmas gift. We really want to show our appreciation, especially this year, uh, for Jane and Catherine and Bob and Reagan and Esang, for all that they have done tirelessly behind the scenes week after week uh, to ensure that our ministry not only continued here but flourished. So please be very generous uh, when you give to the staff Christmas present. Thank you so very much. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks on this cold and rainy Sunday. We thank you for this opportunity to worship you once again in spirit and in truth, to hear and receive your word, to share in your supper, to pray to you, to sing together, and to fellowship with your saints. Thank you for our joy and laughter, which we share with each other. Thank you for the hard times in our life, our pains and our struggles, which we also can share with each other and lean on each other during our time of need. We thank you for being who you are and for doing for us all that you do. We always, always appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. My sermon text for today is, of course, the gospel lesson assigned from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. It is known as the Annunciation. My sermon title for today is taken from three words in the middle of the last verse. Three words in the middle of the last verse, let it be, let it be. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. And when the brokenhearted people living in the world agree, there will be an answer. Let it be. For though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they may see. There will be an answer. There will be an answer. Let it be. 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 Whisper words of wisdom. Let it be. Are there three richer, more resonant, more profound words in the English language than let it be? Are there three more difficult, controversial, and depressing words in the English language than let it be? It seems to say, accept what is. That's easy to do and joyful when what is is good. It is difficult, perhaps impossible, and very sad to do when what is is not good. Many of you recognize the lyrics to the song I just quoted as the Beatles' iconic 1970 hit single, Let It Be, written by Paul McCartney. I'm not particularly a fan of the Beatles. They were before my time for the most part. But I have always been utterly transfixed and mesmerized by that haunting song. It is sad and brilliant and peaceful. It evokes something within me, and I doubt that I am alone, that goes beyond words. Something I literally cannot explain. I've always assumed that it was based on this morning's gospel text, known as the Annunciation, since it concerns the angel Gabriel's announcement to the Virgin Mary that she will conceive and bear a son to be named Jesus, who will reign over Israel, the throne of David, and the house of Jacob. I assumed that because Let It Be is Mother Mary's response to this puzzling divine decree in the last verse of our text. Only upon Googling the song a couple of years ago did I learn that McCartney actually wrote it based upon a dream he had about his deceased mother, whose name was Mary, who appeared to him in the dream with these words, this counsel, this advice. When pressed on the inspiration for this song, McCartney, like any good songwriter, allows that people may interpret it along whatever lines gives them meaning. Ironically, apparently, McCartney soon resigned from the group, thereby dismantling what some consider to be the greatest rock band of all time. For the sake of clarity, Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55, which are assigned this morning as our psalmody instead of an actual psalm, is actually Mary's Magnificat or Song of Praise, named in Latin after her opening words My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. That Magnificat, that song of praise and jubilation, is sung by Mary in response to. Our gospel text of today, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, known once again as the Annunciation. Both texts are famous, rich in depth, and emotionally moving. The angel Gabriel, one of only two named angels in Scripture, the other being Michael, is sent by God to a small town, more like a village really, in Galilee called Nazareth, according to verse 26. Nazareth was really a backwater place, as indicated in 30 more years when Jesus' future disciple, Nathanael, will disparagingly ask when he first meets Jesus, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Gabriel is sent to a virgin, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house, meaning of the lineage of King David. The virgin's name was Mary. Most scholars assume Mary to have been more of a girl than a woman, actually, probably around the ages of 14 to 16. Nothing is said of the angel's manner of appearance, but it certainly must have been a strange, unexpected, and disconcerting encounter since Gabriel has to tell her, Do not be afraid, Mary. His opening words to her are, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. You have found favor with God. The word favor is mentioned twice. The dictionary defines favor as in part high or friendly regard, approval, affirmation, commendation. No wonder Mary is said to be much perplexed by these words and ponders, the scripture says, what sort of greeting this might be. If I told you today, greetings, O favored one, you have found favor with God. How would you react? What would you think? More than likely, you'd think I was crazy or misguided or have mistaken you perhaps for somebody else or more likely that I just didn't know you well enough because once, because you've managed to hide your dirty laundry from me. I mean, we hide our dirty laundry from everybody, right? How much more than a pastor? We always act like we've got everything together around them, but truth be told, we portray our best selves to everyone almost all the time and everywhere we go. Who walks around revealing, much less flaunting, their weaknesses and vulnerabilities and shortcomings and embarrassments the fact that some days we are barely hanging on? The only people that truly know our brokenness and the extent of it are those who live with us, because we can't hide it from them. But there is someone else who knows too, and this is true even if you live alone. God. God knows. God sees. And because of that, you think you cannot have found favor with Him because He knows all your junk. So how do I sound saying, hail, O favored one, you have found favor with God, like an uninformed but well-intentioned person trying to boost your spirits without knowing the baggage that you are truly carrying. In Mary's case, the miraculous announcement, annunciation, continues. And now, Scripture says, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be called great, will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary will be the chosen vehicle, the chosen vessel to bear God's good news, God's kingdom, God's salvation to this world. Mary responds, much like we would, to much less miraculous good news than that. How can this be? How can this be? Specifically speaking, in her case, since I am a virgin. You and I may not be called to bear God's incarnate word to the world in the same literal, physical sense as Mary, but we are so called in a spiritual fashion. We are called to bear God's redeeming word to this broken and hurting world. And Mary's skeptical, incredulous protest is also ours. How can this be? Our prohibitive issue may not be virginity, but we can fill in our own blanks. How can this be? How is this possible? How is this possible for me, given my circumstances? How can God be choosing me for a certain purpose in His kingdom, His reign, given my circumstances and who I am? How can this be, since I'm getting up in years and it hasn't happened heretofore anyway? How can this be since I am a functioning addict and no one knows it? How can this be since I am in crippling financial debt and that guides my every decision? How can this be since I am unemployed and depressed and it's all I can do just to get out of the house on most days? How can this be when I'm not really even functioning as a husband or wife, a mother or father, and everything about me reeks of fragile instability? How can this be? God is not concerned with Mary's limitations or imperfections, nor is he with yours. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the text continues. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, what is born of you shall be holy. Perhaps what God is conceiving inside you today, my friends, to which you will shortly give birth, is hope. Hope that tomorrow will be a little bit better than today. Perhaps what God is conceiving inside you this morning, which will not arrive immediately, but a few months down the road, is joy. Joy that comes with the realization that this is not the end of the road for you. The Holy Spirit and the power of the Most High is overshadowing you right now and instilling within you that peace which passes all understanding, a peace will eventually, which will eventually yield, let it be with me according to thy word. Perhaps meaning and purpose and direction in your life are suddenly taking shape inside you without you even knowing it, just like Mary. And you will be able to look back one day in hindsight and say December 20th, 2020, that's when it all began to take shape. That's when it began to creep into my consciousness. And maybe that reconciliation that you pretend not to need but know that you do is being conceived as we speak. Maybe that physical or emotional healing or restoration is beginning as the proverbial mustard seed this morning. It will not come to fruition for several more months, maybe even a couple of more years. We doubt because that's our nature, and our nature is informed by our experience, and our experience has told us that it's been this way so long that transformation is just not in the cards for us. But the angel replies to Mary's incredulity by saying, Elizabeth in her old age has conceived. And this is already ongoing with her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Jacob was said to be a thieving, duplicitous trickster until he wrestled with God and was renamed Israel, for nothing will be impossible with God. Joseph was sold off into slavery by his own brothers and ended up languishing in Pharaoh's prison until his ability to interpret dreams caused his release and subsequent rise to Pharaoh's right hand. Nothing will be impossible with God. Moses was a murderer who was slow of speech and protested too much, but God used him in the ten plagues, the parting of the Red Sea, the exodus, and the wilderness wanderings for forty years, for nothing will be impossible with God. Jephthah was the son of a harlot, and Samson slept with prostitutes, but God used them to deliver God's people from their enemies." Ruth was a foreigner living in exile and abject poverty, but her persistence allowed the lineage of the Messiah to continue. David was the smallest, youngest, and least handsome of his brothers, but God anointed him king over his people Israel. Esther was timid and fearful, but rose to the occasion and delivered her people from genocide. Jeremiah had his scrolls burned. He was thrown into prison, then thrown down a well and left to die, but became the greatest prophet of the exile. Jonah was rebellious, disobedient, stubborn with anger issues, but God used him to deliver the greatest city of his error from destruction. Peter, James, and John were unlettered, untutored, simple fishermen, but they were instrumental in changing the world. Paul used to kill Christians for a living, but then became the greatest evangelist of all time. Onesimus was a runaway slave, returned to his master in a life of injustice, misery, and oppression, and yet one day rose to become bishop of Ephesus. Daniel spent an entire night in the den of ravenous lions unharmed and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego emerged unscathed from a fiery furnace heated up seven times more than normal and you know why? For nothing will be impossible with God. Somebody came to worship this morning just to hear nothing will be impossible with God. Somebody thought they came to church today just to hear about the sweet little cute cuddly baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, innocently cooing and gurgling and burping only to discover the true power behind such a bucolic scene and its relevance for your life is that nothing will be impossible with God. And what was true for these ancestors in the faith is true for you and for me and for us today too. Do not fear, for you have found favor with God. And so Mary's response becomes our response here am I let it be With me, according to your word, O God. Let it be according to God's timetable, not yours. Let it be according to God's mercy, not your sins. Let it be according to Jesus' righteousness, not your shortcomings. Let it be according to God's power, not your weakness. Let it be according to God's promises, not your doubts and your skepticism. Let it be according to God's plans for you, not your short-sighted best intentions. Let it be according to who the almighty, eternal creator of the cosmos has called and ordained you to be from before the foundation of the world, not what another broken and lost human being has told you about yourself based on their own misery. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. There will be an answer. Let it be. Amen. Your continuous gifts, please continue to give through our online portal.